Hi, this is Be Play Love, the parenting podcast that you can fit in your pocket. Short, informative and interesting interviews about everything from toilet training to how emotion coaching works. I'm your host, Siobhan Hunt. The next interview is one of the diamonds from our archive. Enjoy. My daughter has recently started a delightful little thing. She started spitting. Sometimes she's being cheeky and at other times she's pretty cranky. Either way, I tell her it's not okay to spit. But after I say that, I actually don't know where to go. It's not great behavior, but at the same time, it's not bad enough that I want to send her into time out. I find discipline, setting the guidelines and keeping them in place to be one of the hardest things about parenting. So it's good for me and you, if you have similar struggles with it, that Danielle Jans is here. She's an early childhood educator with the Benevolent Society. Hi, Danielle. Hello. So tell me, what would you do with my daughter? Oh, how fabulous. Yeah. <laughs> Look, firstly, at, at some point in time, even the most placid, calm, chilled out, relaxed child will challenge their parent in some way, shape or form with a behaviour or, or a response that we find challenging, that we don't appreciate and generally we really don't love. We may even, it may even really get under our skin and annoy the hell out of us. <laughs> and that's, that's almost every child. That's just a way of exploration and them sorting out what's okay and what's not. I think a great rule of thumb is always to remember what we acknowledge, we encourage as, right. a, as a general kind of rule of thumb. So if she's spitting or she's, you know, blowing raspberries or whatever it is, if she's not hurting herself or someone else, actually turn and walk away if it's safe to do so. Um, because as soon as you say, I don't really like that, she's gone, beautiful, I'm in. <laughs> let's <laughs> face it, let's face it, children generally want to have a connection with the special person in their life, whether that's their parent at the time or their grandparent, whoever it is that is supporting them. So we don't need to teach them that it's not cool to spit because it's kind of gross. Look, I think depending on your family rules, or families are different, of course, but I think if you've got an opportunity to turn around and walk away, when you connect again, in a really calm, quiet, just kind of snuggled in moment, say, you know, when you when you did that earlier, I didn't like it. It really made me feel uncomfortable because spitting's not something that we do. And just, just having a talk with her about it. So you're actually taking it away from that, that hot spot zone of when she's triggering your response. And she's actually getting a connection moment with you at the same time, which is what children want. They want to be engaged with you. And if the option is available, no engagement or an engagement that's not positive, they'll take the not positive one because they still want to be connected with you. We're social beings. So, um, look, let's talk about the kinds of behaviours that drive most of us mad. <laughs> like to say that all of these are part of my daily experience as a parent. Um, there's rudeness, being aggressive, being annoying. Mm. That's a big one, being mm. annoying. It's a hard one to deal with too, Whining. annoying, because it's like, well, you know, who you're hurting, but you're really, and you can't say to a kid, you're really annoying. Well, maybe you can, I don't know. You can tell me. Um, they could be overexcited, <laughs> um, but they all need different approaches, right? They do. Every child needs different support. And, and that is where your relationship with your particular child comes in. Your child and you have a special relationship that is unique to you. Your other partner, if you have one, will have a different relationship with that child just because they're different individuals coming together and having a connection. 
So it's about you also establishing what is important for you and what is your family rules, whether that's just the two of you, whether that's 10 of you. You'll have some things that are absolutely not negotiable, but might be okay in other families. So it's important to, to recognise that this is about our, our particular family. So, for example, if it is swearing, and that's something that you don't want in your particular family. Firstly, don't swear yourself. Firstly, don't <laughs> swear yourself. Modelling is the biggest one. Hardest one sometimes. Often what we say is uh, very different to what children Children take more in with what they see. We can say, you know, don't swear, but if they've just seen us have a frustration moment and let fly with an expletive, it's really not helpful to them to say, really don't do that. Don't do what mummy just did. (laughs) See what I just did, just don't do that. Practice some other mantras that might be useful in those times. So it's important to kind of work out what it is that works for your family and what it is that you really want and also what it is that you don't want. And, And if children, depending on the age of them, engage them in those conversations. So in our family, we don't use those words and this is the reason why. And explain it, you know, to me they're rude words and I don't appreciate them and, and they have, they mean really unhelpful, hurtful things or whatever it is that they're saying. We need to acknowledge that in some families, letting fly with an expletive is a way of dealing with frustration or upset or hurt or anger or aggression and that is their particular family set of, of coping mechanisms. So it's about supporting your child to know that this is what happens in your family. Now, it's also important too to remember that... Um, in certain social settings, there are some behaviours that you really don't want to see your child doing, such as swearing or hitting or pushing or kicking or spitting or um, those sorts of things may not be in your social context and they may not be in a kindy or a school environment. So it's absolutely fine to say to your child, when we're at the party, this is what I expect. When we're at school, this is what they expect. When we're at home, this is what we expect. And that gives children really clear boundaries and if you're able to at all, as much as you can to support them to stick to those, those limits and those boundaries, that gives them predictability. Predictability gives them security and security gives them safety. So all of that helps to, to basically buffer any sort of opportunity that you might have to have those big moments. Even then, you'll still have moments where, for example, your daughter might spit and that makes you cringe as a parent. <laughs> yep. Um, if it's if it's possible and if it's safe, you might just be at home and you've you know she said I want some chocolate cake and you said it's breakfast time. <laughs> I want chocolate cake. Have you been in my house? And you've said, well, we, I've <laughs> I've been in my house recently. <laughs> and, and they said, but I want chocolate cake. And you say you're not having chocolate cake. And they say, well, or they spit or they have a moment. They may have quite a spectacular one that may have a meltdown on the floor and there's arms and legs flailing everywhere and lots of noise coming out of their mouth. It's around supporting that behaviour. If you can, if they're not hurting themselves or somebody somebody else, walk away. So, Danielle, in your work, have you had to deal with children who perhaps are using swearing or inappropriate behaviour in the childcare centre that you need to manage and how have you, how have you handled that? I think almost every teacher would, <laughs> would be able to clearly say to you, we've had a moment where we've had a child who had extremely colourful vocabulary and was well-versed in using it in the correct context. <laughs> almost all teachers, I'm sure, would have some story that they could share with you about that. Um, I have had a particular child that comes to mind every time somebody talks about swearing or expletives and he it it was commonplace for his family to deal with frustration or upset 
by swearing. So it's not it's not my role to say that's wrong because it's certainly not my role to say that what his his particular family in that realm was operating was doing anything that he, they shouldn't be doing. What it was my role was to advocate that at kindy we don't use those words. So often children are very, they, they work very well, particularly boys I find, they work very well with concrete materials. I think all children love the opportunity to, to have something in their hands or to be able to see something that makes sense of what they're doing. So for me it was around making a box where he could put his words, his home words into when he came to kindy, but also he could take them out again when he was going home. <laughs> so there were still his words. It was just giving him the opportunity to separate the context home and kindy. Um, and he was able to negotiate that really well. You know, he did, he did let fly at one stage at a child who'd taken a block. And all I had to say was, oh my. <laughs> and he took off out of the classroom to the gate and you could see him pretending to throw all these words from his mouth into this box. And I just watched him and he came back in and I said, you okay now? And he nodded and I said, are they all gone? Yeah. I just forgot a few. <laughs> I said, well, you know where they are now and you can pick them up on your way home. And he said, yeah. Oh, and took himself back fabulous. into play and got on with the rest of his day. That's fabulous. Um, so it's about, it's about knowing what is workable for any given family and trying to come up with ways that children feel a little bit empowered too. He was in control of his words and that was because he could put them in and take them out as he needed to. One thing, I mean, look, there are those sort of grey areas of discipline where you know you'd like them to behave better if they're mm. rude or they're swearing. And I understand those concepts of, um, I guess, taking some time out when everyone's calm and explaining mm. that's not the way we do things. Um, I think the biggest thing I struggle with is when, and I've, I've mentioned this before on the show, uh, is when my daughter might be a little bit over enthusiastic with her brother, or mm -hmm. or even she just whacks him because she wants to wax him. It's not mm -hmm. always it's, mm. it's not always out of love. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and sometimes because she's only three, I, I'm torn because I'm like that is really not the way to behave. I put her in timeout and she loses a shizzle because mm. she's upset that she's been put in timeout. When one child is hurting another, mm. is there a way to nip it in the bud straight away that is positive? I think whenever whenever possible, and this is in the perfect land, which doesn't actually exist, we all, we all know that, if you can try and do this whenever possible, and that is you'll know your, your child's triggers, and that might be when somebody takes their toy. might be when someone's got some attention. Um, <coughs> excuse me. It might be that they just want time with you and their sibling's getting a bit too much and they give a shove or a push or whatever it is. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and so firstly you need to check that the little one's okay because they're little and they, they might have been hurt. So check out that they're okay. Secondly, sometimes children just actually want time in with you and by sending them out on their own, you're saying your emotion's so big you need to do it all over there on your own. That's not going to give them any help in terms of knowing what their emotion is and how to explore or express that. But also sometimes it's okay if you just need a bit of space, if they've really upset you by what they've done and you just need to tend to your little one first and then come back to your, your older child second, that's absolutely fine. And I think it's fine to say to, you, to your older child, I got really frightened when you pushed your brother. He could have been hurt. And, and just saying what it was that you felt and then they understand what your reaction is. It's okay to say too, if you understand why they did it, I know it's hard for you to share your toy. Your brother's only one. 
he doesn't know about sharing yet. Because I, I, I do think about when, especially when the, the younger sibling is quite little mm. and if you're at home on your own, it is quite hard to deal with those oh, moments when is. they happen. And I mean, it can how be much exhausting. Mem- yes, very exhausting. How much time can you allow to lapse with toddlers? Like how long can they remember what's happened and can you still use it as a teaching moment? Because there might be times once the baby's asleep where you can actually have time with your toddler. Mm. Does it have to happen straight away or do we have a bit of leeway in the times we can teach them about what's happened? Obviously, the younger the child... The, the closer to the time you want to be. So one and two-year-olds, you're looking more at distractibility and distracting techniques rather than talk, overly talking through a moment. With older children, you've got that opportunity to have a little bit of time where you can sort out your little one and make sure that the baby's okay and then check in with your older one later. As your children get older, sometimes you can do it when you're snuggling in bed at night where you know you might have story time or bath time might be your special connection time or meal time and then that's the time for you to check in to say you know I was just thinking about earlier today when you wanted the block and you pushed your brother that didn't work so well did it let's think about what we could do next time and that's for your older children discipline didn't I was kind it kind of surprised me it kind of came upon me well, my little baby didn't need anything because she wasn't quite at that level. Then mm. all of a sudden I have a toddler <laughs> who's pushing the boundaries and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. I'm your mum. I need to learn how to discipline you. But it's also about teaching them boundaries and part of our mm. role as, as guiding them, right? That's right. Look, it's some people worry when you use the, the term discipline. They see it with quite negative connotations and, and, and almost an authoritative power struggle um, and and as adults we can have an unpleasant history of our own with someone that we believed was, was um, too forceful with discipline. So I think if we can think about more behaviour support, so what you're doing is trying to, su- to support your child around whatever behaviours it is because there's a lot of behaviours that you really want to actively encourage. And for most people that is around sharing and turn-taking and waiting and negotiating connection moments and how they look. But there's also behaviour support around what we don't want to encourage in children, and that might be the pushing or the hitting or the spitting or the biting. Biting's always a big one for younger children particularly. Um, So I think they're the things that we need to, to acknowledge as well. So it's not really good or bad. It's just around what supporting children to, to understand what's happening with their own emotional state. And to, by doing that, we can actually label the children what they're feeling. So you're really excited. It's hard to wait when you're so excited because you know that Poppy's coming over to visit and you've been waiting to see him all day. But we still need to be able to get out whatever it is that you need to get done first before he gets here. So... How important is it to set house rules? Because as you say, every family is different. And when we approach the idea of discipline, it might be a bit confusing about Mm. where exactly we want to put those guidelines in Mm. place for our children. Mm. How do you suggest parents go about that? I think house rules are terrific, but a one-year-old or a two-year-old is not going to understand house rules. An older child, absolutely. And you can engage them in making those house rules and what they look like and how we can practice them. And you might have family discussions at, you know, dinner time or there's a whole way that you can go about that with older children. With younger children, it's 
we don't want to over talk things too. So therefore, what you can ignore in terms of behaviour that you don't want to encourage is is your preferred option. If they're hurting themselves or someone else, you need to intervene as soon as possible to let them know that's not okay. You cannot hit your head on the floor and and give them some, some really clear non-negotiable boundaries around either hurting themselves or somebody else. If it's just that they're, they may be feeling really frustrated and they're stomping around because they can't put a particular puzzle piece in or whatever it is that's going on, it's great to be able to say, you're frustrated. That puzzle piece won't go in. Let's see if we can do it together. And they get to know, A, the label of their emotion. B, they connect it with how their body's reacting. And C, they know you're there to help. And I think it's great to be able to say to children at whatever age, I'm here to help. And then they feel that they're not alone, whether it's excitement or sadness or delight or upset that someone's actually there to help support them. Danielle, thank you so much for coming into Kindling Conversation. You're welcome. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.